0: Welcome to the Diary of the First Gen Journey, where we hold space for first gens to share their rich and diverse experiences. We
1: are your hosts, Angelice. And Sarah, two first gens who understand that in sharing the journey, we uplift each other. Our mission is for you to gain that sense of self-discovery and freedom that you get when you release whatever is heavy on your mind onto a piece of paper
0: this diary belongs to you so let's begin with your journey
1: Dear First Gens, thank you for tuning in. You are listening to episode two of Diary of the First Gen Journey. We are your hosts, Angelice and Sarah. In this episode, we will talk a little bit more about our First Gen experiences and some challenges we managed along the way. Let's get started.
0: When I went to college, We didn't have the term first gen. It wasn't really something that we talked about. We have that terminology now, which is wonderful because it gives students the language to talk about their experience. So I didn't necessarily have that language when I went through college, but I became very aware very quickly because I went to a predominantly white institution, a liberal arts college. And even though it was in New Jersey, I grew up in Union City, New Jersey, where it was predominantly Hispanic. At that time, it was very Cuban. And so when I went to school, it was the first time in my life where I realized I was a quote unquote minority. And mm-hmm. uh, I also became very aware of privilege and all of the privileges that I didn't have. And that me going to college meant I had the privilege and the access to education, which you know my mom didn't have a, an opportunity to pursue because she came here much later on in life with a child in tow. And even my older brother, who came later to the States, uh, didn't have the opportunity to pursue. So I'm first gen to earn a bachelor's degree. Eventually, I went on to pursue a master's as well and to work in corporate America. So to this day, no one else in my family has worked in that kind of space and environment. And so I didn't realize it when I was going through college. But being first meant I would have a lifetime of firsts to navigate, you know, and um, and, and there's so many challenges that come along with that, right, Sarah? So mm-hmm. along your journey, what have been some of the challenges that you faced as a first gen?
1: I think that's a great question. And we can probably be here all day talking about these challenges, right? Because I, you know, a lot of these I experienced for the first time as a student, but a lot of these I'm also still experiencing now, right? So going to college for the first time and not really having anyone in my family to help me navigate, I feel like I went through a culture shock. I don't know if you experienced the same thing, but um, mm-hmm. going into to college for the first time, starting um, a career, you know, without having that support, it was a huge culture shock. And I think most of what I experienced comes from imposter syndrome, which we will definitely probably get into in other episodes uh, because it's something that I still struggle uh, with to this day. But definitely imposter syndrome is something that I always come across Um, Always challenging myself to to be better, to do more, and then at the same time feeling like I shouldn't be in that position. Um, So definitely, I think imposter syndrome, and and along with that, the pressures that we put on ourselves as a first gen to succeed, to be Mm -hmm. (laughs) be better, and just to climb the ladder, and, and that hustle culture, right? I think that is also a huge challenge for me. And and it was, I experienced it for the first time as I transitioned to going to college for the first time, but also I still experience these these challenges on a day-to-day basis. So I think it's definitely something that we continue to, we should continue to talk about. um, And we'll have definitely other episodes dedicated to that. But um, do you have any similar challenges?
0: Oh my God, yeah, I I can't agree with you more. And that the the imposter syndrome, the other piece that we we don't necessarily associate with it is that because we feel like we're an imposter, we also, for some reason, think we're the only ones going through this. Right. So although in college, I had a community. Yeah, we had a I had a community of uh, other students that were also first gen and we would we would kind of talk about these challenges, you know. Uh, I think what we mostly were facing was feeling like we were othered because we were students of color in a predominantly mm-hmm. white you know, body of students, but we don't. We didn't realize that a lot of the things that we were experiencing were related to this experience of being the first, of not having the tools, the language in some situations, the resources, the role models that could guide us. So we were like figuring it out on our own, which mm-hmm. is where that imposter syndrome comes from. You don't feel like you belong because You don't know what you're doing, but you're in these spaces and you're in these spaces, you know, for some reason. Right. Obviously, it's because we're smart, because we earned the right to be there. But we don't think about that. We just think, oh, we don't belong here, but I'm here. And so now I feel all this pressure and I have to push through and figure it out, you know. Mm -hmm. And for me, I. I was a nerd growing up and I was like a a good student in a lot of ways. And so you create this like perception. Uh, So I created this like brand, if you will, of like, she's smart. She knows what she's doing. She's got it figured out. And there were so many times where I didn't have it figured out, but I couldn't Mm -hmm. say that out loud. I couldn't admit that, like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And instead, I think I continued this like persona of like, I got this. I'm strong. I'm independent. I'll figure it out. And so it became very lonely. It got very lonely. And even into my career, it wasn't until I got to corporate America that I was like, I definitely don't know what the hell I'm doing here. I don't know how to get from this job that I know I'm overqualified for because now I have a master's, but yet I'm making less money than I was making before. Like, I, I don't know what I'm doing. And I don't know how to act accordingly in this space. And, Um, you know, we can get a little bit more into our backgrounds, but I I started my career in the nonprofit sector, and then I went back and pursued a master's in HR management, and I used that to pivot to corporate America. And in corporate, having gone from nonprofit, it was a very different space and environment. I didn't know how to navigate it. I thought I'll just figure it out once I get there, and I and I didn't know how to figure out that environment because it was very new to me and the rules were different. The expectations were different. And in order to get help, I had to start having those conversations with people. Mm -hmm. Luckily I found people that looked like me that I felt comfortable talking to and that they gave me that guidance, but not having that to begin with meant that I was just, you know, pushing quote unquote, pushing through being brave and just, uh, trying to navigate the process on my own. So that has been the biggest challenge is realizing that this isn't a me thing, and that I don't have to go through it alone, that I can, you know, admit that I don't know something. And that's part of the the being the first journey that you're not going to know a lot of different things, because you're the first one, and that you can ask for help and that you can, you know, tap into your community and figure it out through the collective. And that's I think what we want to accomplish through this podcast is really share mm-hmm. our stories and empower each other and give people the visibility and the opportunity to share their story. So it feels less lonely and so that you know that you have other people who have gone through similar experiences that can offer you a resource or, you know, just the opportunity to chat or or just by listening to their stories, you gain some kind of like insight from from their stories and maybe that'll help you do something differently
1: in your journey. Oof, I feel like you spoke to my soul there. <laughs> I just—I <laughs> was transported back to being a freshman on campus for the first time, right? And feeling all those insecurities, um, mm-hmm, yeah. which is totally normal and totally part of, of that first gen experience. Right. Um, I know you mentioned like a little bit about this, but if you can have, if you can pick one thing that you would have wished you would have known about sooner or learned sooner, what would that be? Ooh, that's, that's, tough. Lot. <laughs> that,
0: that's tough, but I, I think it would be that it's, it's not a me thing. It's a collective. Um, it's, it's the experience. And I studied, uh, behavioral science and part of that was sociology and a lot of these things are socially constructed if we if our families didn't come to america and we were you know just cubans and cuban in cuba we wouldn't be the first we wouldn't have this experience of being the first to have to navigate these things mm-hmm. and so a lot of this is by virtue of the experiences that we're having that have been constructed in the society, the country, the culture, the families that we grow up in. And understanding that from like a, a high level, you know, macro level, mm-hmm. like these, these things are part of society helped me understand like, oh, I see what's going on here. It's not, it's not that I don't know how to do this or I can't, I'm, I'm struggling to figure this out. It's because I don't have the tools or I don't have the knowledge or I don't have the access or I don't know anyone who can uh, offer some guidance. So now that I know it's not me, there's nothing wrong with me. This is just a part of the experience. Mm-hmm. I can ask someone for help or I can go and know what to research. So it's like, oh, I don't know how to navigate my career in corporate America because I've never worked in corporate America and I don't know anybody else who has. So let me go Google how you navigate a career. Or, you know, nowadays you can, shameless plug, you can reach out to a career coach and Mm -hmm. have them help you do that. Um, So I think that's the biggest thing is understanding that it's not just you. It's part of the experience of being the first, kind of like we're both women, right? So some of the things that we experience in life is is as a result of being women navigating the world in which women still have lack of access to different things and there's still inequality and, you know, the pay, the wage pay gap and all these different things. So, yeah,
1: I think that kind of, it just reiterates the fact that, you know, we, we hope to instill the fact that this journey could feel very lonely, but that doesn't mean that you are alone, right? We feel that sometimes, but really our, what we want to do with this platform is make sure that other people feel heard um, and can we can share these similar experiences as a way to kind of give back. And um, I think sometimes, you know, even not just talking about our professional lives, but even in our personal lives, sometimes, you know, we feel lonely sometimes that we're like, are we the only ones with this crazy Cuban family, right? That are going through these, you know, (laughs) they're judging our every move. And then that also impacts our professional decisions. Right. So um, I think that just makes it a little bit more challenging, but if we can, you know, use this platform as a way to give back and and share with others that you're not, you're not alone. I think that's our, one of our number one, you know, components of our mission. Absolutely. And one of the things that we want to make sure
0: we're always doing is paying it forward to the next generation, because that's what brought us together. We volunteer to empower that next generation of first gen students. And so, Sarah, if you have one pearl, one piece of uh, wisdom to share with that next generation, what would it be?
1: Oh, there's so many. And I'm sure we'll get the opportunity, you know, as the episodes roll out to, to really share more pearls. But I think number one has to do with what you were just talking about, about not feeling alone. Um, so definitely as early on as you can, get yourself connected, right? Sometimes we we place so much of a pressure on ourselves as students and also, you know, as individuals. And we don't always have to do it alone, right? I still struggle with this on my, you know, on a day-to-day basis because it's hard for us to accept help. And I think that's, might be a cultural thing as well. Um, But, you know, supports can be extremely beneficial in helping us to navigate this journey, right? Gaia has been a huge support for me and has connected me, you know, with amazing people like you, Um, That helped me every day feel less and less alone. So I think if if there's any pearl that I can give back, even especially to a student right now, is to get yourself connected, find, you know, people on campus that are going through, you know, similar um, struggles as you are, even off campus as well, join, you know, or nonprofit organizations um, and, and things like that. I think it's so important Um, and also as another shameless plug, um, you can follow us at Diary of the First Gen journey on Instagram. And I think it would be great if, if we received, you know, DM or any comments on how we can support you and also any topics that you would like for us to discuss on the podcast. I think that would just be, you know, better for us. And it's easier, you know, for us to, to create content and information that is relevant right now. Um, so that's, if, if I had to give a pearl right now, it would be that, but I look forward to, um, sharing many more pearls with everyone. Uh, mm-hmm. how about for you? What, a, what's a pearl that you would want to give? Ooh, um,
0: Going back to that first-gen guilt and the pressure, so I was raised by a single mom who came to this country on her own, and many of us can relate to that story of having parents or grandparents or some kind of family member making sacrifices for us, and they came here in pursuit of that American dream, right? So we feel a, a sense of duty, responsibility. We want to make them proud. But if you don't explore and you don't give yourself permission to be who you are and do the things that you love, you will be following someone else's dream.
1: And Oh man, can we just pause? Can woof, you say that right? can you say that again? <laughs> can you say that again because I feel like my I need that myself right now. So that was great. So, yeah, so the thing is that we
0: have all of this pressure to make other people proud and we tend to follow Career paths and whole lives and relationships and friendships that are in response to that sense of responsibility, that sense of duty. And we don't often give ourselves the permission to explore who we truly are and what we want to do. And Mm -hmm. we both know this, right? We come from very Mm -hmm. judgy families and culturally, like they're always in our business. And, you know, Mm -hmm. obviously, it comes from a place of love, and they want what's best for us. And a lot of times, it also comes from fear, they fear that we're gonna, you know, do that something's gonna go wrong, and that, you know, they want what's best for us. So in trying to be protective, that judginess comes in, and it comes in full throttle. And then we internalize that. And it prevents us from doing and, and pursuing our own dreams. So I've had to, you know, do a lot of unlearning in my own personal journey, and not make decisions from a place of fear from a place of like, Scarcity mm-hmm. from survival mode from oh well, what are people going to think right we, uh, I mean I know all the time all the <laughs> so time we're always worried like oh what's mom going to think Latia you know whoever mm-hmm. Mima uh, all these people in our lives that are going to have an opinion but at the end of the day you have to be able to lay your your head on that pillow and feel gratitude for the life that you've created for yourself not feeling guilty because you're not doing something to make somebody else proud. and I, although I got to explore some things in my life, especially as it relates to my career like I followed you know different interests I would say on my in my personal life I've definitely made a lot of decisions from that place of feeling pressure and guilt and responsibility and having and doing what I thought was expected. And by the way, this goes back to what you were saying. A lot of that was in my own head. Like, I don't think my mom ever told me outright, like, you should do this or you can't do that. I yeah, think some we, of the are, things-
1: we are right. our own worst enemies sometimes. Like, and, and sometimes it's easy to say, but we have to practice what we preach. Absolutely. So there,
0: there's times when, yes, they, they do give us the, you know, we can infer from what they're saying in between the lines. <laughs> there is some mm-hmm. of that pressure. But most of the time, I would say it's we think that there's these huge expectations of us because they've made these sacrifices for us to have, you know, all of these privileges that they didn't have. But when our parents say to us, you know, I don't want you to struggle or, you know, I want you to have a better life. That doesn't mean that we're we should be pursuing that in sacrifice of our own dreams. So we often do that. We and and I, I am a career leadership coach. That's my business. And I come across people my you know in their 30s, 40s that have had whole careers and degrees and they're not happy. They no longer have that sense of meaning and joy from these careers but they can't walk away from that because they're still riddled with that guilt and that pressure of like, Oh, but what's my family going to think? Or like I, they Mm -hmm. become attached to these identities. And it's like, well, whose dream was that anyway? Did you really get the opportunity to explore your dream? And if you didn't, why can't you do it now? Like it's never too late. You can always pivot, but that's really hard for people to, to come around, to, to accept and to do because of all of these things at work, all of this guilt, all of this pressure. So that's my pearl. Just follow your own dream.
1: Yeah. And I think with that though, not to get all social worky, but it's a lot of like for to me, it's like first genky. Do it. It's, it's like for it's first gen trauma, if you think about it, right? Mm-hmm. Because now as adults, we're kind of unlearning everything and deciding for ourselves the path you know that we want to take and sometimes that doesn't necessarily align with you know the plan that our families have for us and that's okay you know we, we can choose to to do what we enjoy doing right because that's the life that we're all ultimately ultimately going to live um, mm-hmm. so i think it's so important right and we, we'll definitely talk a lot more about you know what is what the first gen trauma is, trauma is composed of but it's so important to acknowledge that and for for us to continue to think about that, so I just wanted to to put that out there as well. Oh yeah, put it
0: out there. Always put it out there. That's what this mm-hmm. is all about. We want this to be like a journal page. It's an entry where exactly. you come here and you fill it out. Right. You can get all social worky. You can get all like you know on your soapbox about uh, careers and what to do and what not to do. You can talk about. Uh, relationships and learning and unlearning. We want that. We want this to serve as a space, and we're here to hold space in a non-judgy way. We won't be yes. those judgy people. Yeah. We're going to be the people saying, we hear you. We see you. We love you. We're, we share similar stories. Let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. Let's explore that some more. And let's figure out a way to rise above some of this and continue to evolve because ultimately what we want is for the first gen collective to feel empowered, to feel seen, to be heard, to share resources with each other and to continue to elevate so that when you're navigating that lifetime of firsts, you have the tools, the resources, and the community to propel you to that next level. And so So if you have a great story to share, if you know someone who has a great story to share, let us know too, as Sarah mentioned. Get into our DMs. Oh my gosh, I sound so old.
1: Get into our DMs. Who am I? (laughs) Again, no judgments, remember. yeah definitely and and also i think our instagram we really want to use it as another way to build community right and and share resources within there and connect um people on the instagram itself i think it's so important to do that um but maybe we should share a little bit about what's to come i think we've, we've alluded a little bit to it but um i think it's exciting to to talk about you know all these these topics that are really relevant, right? And no matter if you are a student or a professional, um, they're going to be relevant to you at some point. So it's so important that we acknowledge it. So you want to get into a little bit?
0: Let's do it. We can't wait to talk to you about all things imposter syndrome. Ooh, one of my favorite topics. <laughs> that first-gen guilt. Mm-hmm. The pressure the relationship between culture and community and family and how all of these different things impact us and the decisions that we make like we just talked about the stories that we tell ourselves whether that's about money and you know making decisions because we worry that you know we're not going to have money relationships career paths uh whatever the case may be any of the stories that we tell ourselves so going back to the journal analogy when you're if you've ever had a diary, and if you haven't, we highly recommend journaling. But if you've mm-hmm. ever had a diary, you know when you get to the diary, you're just kind of like letting out the stories that you've told yourself about this particular situation or uh, whatever the case may be. And that's what we want this to, to serve as, as that blank page to talk about all of these different things. And what tends to happen when you when you write is that it's cathartic, you release it, you feel so much better. And so in doing that, we know that we're going to create a sense of, of community of people who who are like, yes, I I can totally relate to that. So just sharing the stories is, you know, part of what we want to accomplish here is people having that, that feeling. And the other piece, which You know, Sarah, I know this is so important to you as a social worker is giving folks resources uh, to
1: leverage as you're navigating the journey. Exactly. And talking about things that are not often spoken about and are also very might be very uncomfortable to talk about, right, like mental health, which, as you you said, is also like one of my favorite topics, right, because it's highly stigmatized within our community. Um, but also being a perfectionist, being, you know, our family's keeper and all those, you know, difficult conversations that we all experience but are not spoken about enough. That's that's those are the things we're going to dive into, and we're always going to be willing to share our experiences as well. Um, so we're I'm so su- super excited about that.
0: Yes, we can't wait to come on here again, and stay tuned for some featured guests who will be sharing their stories. Before we hop off the page, we want to give a shout out to one of our Gaia students. If you've heard the intro. To our podcast, that music was created
1: by the one, the only. Who was it, Sarah? Our very own Luis Brito, who is our one of our scholarship recipients and also um, an LDP, right? He's part of our Leadership Development Program as well, and he was so kind to do this because he is such a talented musician. Um, So we're so excited. Yeah. Yeah. Self-taught as well. I think that's so important, right? And he lives and breathes his Cuban culture. So we wanted to give him a shout out because he he was so nice and so kind to do it along with his cousin, Billy. So we are so excited to have him as as part of our intro.
0: Yeah. And have a part of our culture, be a part of the the journey that we're on. Uh, And we want to highlight other first gens who are talented, who are doing their thing. So if you have a business or uh, a side hustle, anything that you want to highlight, we want this to be a space for that too. So all things first journey, first gen journey, come to the diary. We can't wait to talk to you all again soon. We hope that this episode resonated with your own first gen journey. Remember, you are not alone. In solidarity, Angelice and Sarah.